0: Isn't it lovely, Spunky? (laughs) 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 Excuse
1: me, pardon me, oh, good as new, hey, sorry. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society.
0: Oh, joy!
1: Let's rock!
0: It makes me wanna fart!
1: Dear Journal, it's me, Doug. Do you have (laughs) it? Gotta do what a
2: baby's gotta do. <gasps> that a hoot. On your mark. He Get set. Oh, Ready for some more fun in the sun, slimesters and gackoids? It's time for Splat Attack, where we're taking it back to the Slimefill Pass. And I'm your Gacorific, terrific co host, Brett.
0: And I'm your slimerific surfer, Alex. Brett, what are we talking about today, my friend?
2: Well, I, I know people are just loving our uh, summer-oriented episodes. We did Tomorrow People where we visit, visited that Pacific island to uh, see Christian Smith, and then we headed to the Wellsville Municipal Pool with Joey uh, for our episode battle of Pete and p But this time, I felt it was necessary to like grab the umbrella and uh, some sunscreen and head on out to the beach of O-Town for our episode review of Rocko's Modern Life, Sand in Your Naval. Who's excited?
1: <laughs> I'm so excited!
2: Oh yes, we have to we have to introduce our guest actually because who we, was that voice? Lo- who is was yeah. the voice? Is it coming from uh, the lifeguard tower maybe, or is it from that uh, fish market that captured Spunky? Uh, where is she? Hmm, let me use my binoculars to find her. Over here! Oh, oh, oh hey, hey. Hey. it's our guest for tonight. It's Kelsey from Slime and Slashers. And it looks like you have a s- octopus on your head.
1: Yeah, I dove into the water and it just latched on. I don't know.
2: Oh, wow. I guess he's uh, coming with us for the ride, huh? So we have technically two guests today, Kelsey and uh, Mr. Nickelodeon colored octopus. Yeah.
1: So he, he's all thematically colored for the episode. He just wanted to fit in.
2: Love it. (laughs) Well, we're happy to have you both here.
1: (laughs) Well, we are happy too.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Um, Before we get into the episode review today, uh, which is our first Rocco's Modern Life episode review, believe it or not, uh, tell us a little bit about your history with 90s Nickelodeon and how you got into the show Rocco's Modern Life, because I'm pretty sure you're passionate about it like I am, right? And Alex as well.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I love Rocco. In fact, if I had to pick my favorite like cartoon from the 90s, it would be Rocco and Rugrats. They're kind of tied because Rugrats I liked a lot as a kid. Rocco I did, but I think Rugrats like was a little bit you know higher for me. Just mm-hmm. kid me, I'm like oh Rugrats, cute little babies. But as an adult, I mean Rocco is almost sur- surpassed Rugrats, so it evens out. They're almost equal, but. I uh I watched Rocco again about 2 years ago in its entirety and boy does it hold up the creativity the adult freaking hidden things it's just so good <laughs> Yes the innuendos everything like even watching this episode I didn't just watch you know, Sand in Your Navel, I watched the first part of the episode as well, Carnival Knowledge. And I was like, man, there's so much stuff in here that I can't believe I watched as a kid. And I mean, I just rewatched it two years ago, but then you forget. And then so this refresher just the other day, I'm like, man, it's such a good show. I mean, I love it.
2: Yeah, I think it's aged like fine wine. Personally, this is this along with Doug are like two shows from Nickelodeon that have heavily influenced me with my art style and all the stuff I've uh, done over on Instagram over the years i just love it's like zany cartooniness and as my sister mentioned in our most recent patreon episode top five birthday episodes that was like one of my big influences and she noticed that i would watch it all the time growing up because i liked the style of the characters and the colors and you know my dad thought it was similar to red and Stimpy, and he's like hey what are you watching down there turn the channel or you're going to be punished and i'm like okay dad <laughs> and then once he left i would turn it back because I just couldn't <laughs> look away. I loved it too much, especially Spunky. He's like my favorite Nick dog, Nick pet of uh, of the Nickelodeon nostalgia verse.
1: Hundred percent agree. Spunky all the way. Better than Spike better than anybody better than Gary
2: even yeah. pork chop <laughs> oh
1: my god yes like I mean I know B- boc they talked about that on one of their episodes like spunky versus pork chop I gotta say spunky would win every time for me he's so cute same I mean, he's- here
2: how could you not love him he's just full of charm and that's actually a topic that I suggested for their versus grab bag earlier this year so it's cool that uh, other people could weigh in on it and we're also like thinking about that too
1: Yeah, you can't beat Spunky. So that's the clear winner in my mind. It always will be so and it's a great topic of like debate. So I like that.
2: Definitely. Cool. Well, uh, Alex, do you have anything to add before we uh, jump into the water?
0: I was really looking forward to this one uh, because I'm actually quite the opposite from the two of you in terms of Rocco. Because when I was a kid, I just didn't get into it. Uh, This was one of those background white noise TV shows. Mm. And of all the Nicktoons that were out at the time, Rocco was was the bottom of the list. Not to Mm. say I didn't like it, it was fine. I just didn't connect with it. Um, uh, There were only two things about the show I really didn't like, Uh, Heifer got on my nerves and i just couldn't
2: understand that was a (laughs) hoop
0: and i i couldn't understand why spunky was so stupid and but again i that was that was kid me and uh then whenever i got back into nickelodeon as an adult and still seeing that so many people loved this show as well as hey arnold and a couple of others i mean the the dedication for it is immense and i'm i'm wanting to I, I, I got to check this out. And I started going through watching all of a series and then all of a series and then all of a series. And then I had a child. And then that stopped everything. But Rocco was one of those. I wanted to rewatch. And I did see a few clips uh when I was going back uh, doing the uh, archiving. And the clips that I saw, I was in stitches. And uh it, it really made me want to revisit. Like, man, I, I didn't catch any of this as a kid but now as an adult this is hysterical and like kelsey was saying the animation is fantastic mm-hmm. and i really want to watch the whole thing and i just haven't had the time uh and the only time i really get to watch anything is whenever we've got something planned for splat attack so i can have some preparation for it and uh i got to re-watch for the first time since I was a kid, the Sandal Your Navel episode, and I really enjoyed it, which we'll get more onto later. But as a kid, I didn't get into it, didn't dislike it, just didn't get into it. As an adult, I am all about it, and I can't wait to watch
2: more. Well, I'm so glad that you chose to uh, revisit it with an open mind, because I do think a lot of these 90s Nickelodeon shows do get better with age, and it's not just the nostalgia goggles we're wearing. They actually have lots of clever writing, lots of relatable characters, lots of beautiful... You know, hand-drawn backgrounds and just that it factor of what it was like to be like a show in the 90s. Like they had a lot of zaniness, a lot of spontaneity, a lot of creativity and a lot of freedom more than anything to create what they want. And I feel like, you know, I I like reiterating this on our podcast. That's what we try to embody the best we can. We take the heart and the spirit of what it was like to be at Nickelodeon in the 90s. And we just kind of repurpose it over here to help continue, like preserve our slime filled past and to also like just relive it in a new light with all these new ways that we're approaching all the all the content that they've produced.
1: I mean, and you even mentioned, like, the color scheme of Rocco and how things hold up. Like, I love the color scheme. In fact, like, the color scheme of Nickelodeon in the 90s in general was very influential for me. I mean, it's everything that I love. Like, you could see I've got in the background, if you're watching, like, on YouTube, you could see I've got orange curtains behind me. I I just love, and you can't see because it's, It's not behind me, but it's in front of me. My whole desk area is Nickelodeon stuff. And out of all of that, like the most merchandise I have is Rocco themed because it's probably, you know, and I do have a lot of regrets too, but Rocco in terms of color scheme and just the way it looks and the design, I think that's my favorite nineties Nickelodeon show of all because the design's so sharp, I mean, the blue and the purple with Rocco's shirt. And it's just, I don't know. It's iconic in my opinion. And it's not the nostalgia goggles or whatever.
2: (laughs) I love that. You got yeah. scuba gear. Yes, I did. <laughs> you really did come from the water, didn't you? I, I did. <laughs> she was on a float. I just dried
1: off. Exactly. I dried off go. real quick and I didn't get too wet.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Rocco's look is just iconic. I mean, for lack of a better word, you can't not notice it when you see the triangles and you you know, you know remember all the characters that just open up that worlds that he's trying to navigate best he can as a 20-something in O-Town. Uh, but enough reminiscing. Let's, uh, let's, uh... let's reminisce more. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's, let's uh, jump into the sand, shall we? I'm going to begin this episode review and give you all the lowdown of the info behind this episode. So for Rocco's Modern Life, Sand in Your Navel, it premiered in Season 1, Episode 9B. Uh, and it aired November 7th, 1993. Directed by Roger Chiasen and written by Joe Murray with additional writing by Roger Chiasen and Doug Lawrence, who is from SpongeBob SquarePants fame, uh, is available on iTunes, DVD, and Paramount+. And the episode's synopsis is as follows. Rocco and Spunky are dying of heat exhaustion at their home on one of the hottest days they've ever experienced in O-Town. Rocco is perspiring buckets full of sweat while Spunky is drinking said sweat to cool off. <laughs> because melting ice cubes and lukewarm fans blowing hot air just aren't cutting it. In an effort to beat the heat, Rocco peels himself away from the vinyl chair he's slouching on and heads into the kitchen for something refreshing in the fridge. Much, as, much to the, his dismay, there are a bugs having a pool party in his fridge with no food or drink in sight. Upon slamming the door shut where Ro- Spunky gets his head caught, Rocco notices a particularly serene postcard of the beach on his fridge prompting him to head there for some summer fun and relaxation with his faithful companion who's donning a snorkel and diving mask what do you guys think about this opening scene setting the tone
1: i liked how hot he was i really did like the opener quite a bit it was just you know classic Rocco and it's just the beginning of Rocco really we're in season one like you said and i don't know it just feels like the start of a classic episode i mean I'm not gonna give away what I thought about the episode overall, but I just did like the setup of them being miserable hot. And I know a lot of people like to watch thematic things in certain seasons. This is a perfect summertime episode. You're at home, you're chilling, wondering what to do. Pop on this episode, you know it's summer.
0: I, one of the things that I really appreciate about this, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm assuming the rest is probably gonna be very similar, but I know the reason that I didn't connect with it as a kid was because it wasn't relatable to me as a kid, uh, as an adult.
2: Well, you weren't oh, hot as a kid? <laughs> oh,
0: no, this, the, uh, as is when my wife and I first got married and we moved into our first home, the AC went out. And we didn't have the uh, finances to have come someone fix it. And it was in the dead of summer and it was hot. Uh, so when Rocco was sweating buckets of sweat, we were there. And our chair got ruined because it did stick to us. And uh, it's like, oh man, every, everything of this opening scene, I have been through and I know exactly how that feels. Okay, you, you've got me hooked. Just the first minute, you've got me hooked. This, this is... That's the way this went with an extreme, almost, uh, almost the Far Side like type of humor.
2: Mm, yeah, Far Side is a great comparison. It's really all about the visual gags and mm-hmm. setting the tones for all like the the comical imagery, like with that uh, thermometer just bursting with all those ridiculous yes. temperature ratings, <laughs> yes, and then yes. you've got like the fan blowing, and it's just like man. I feel this episode right now, especially since we're just getting through a heat wave where we are right now, where we're hitting triple digits. It's just like, can't summer end already. I'm ready for fall. Come on, bring all those leaves in that cool uh, autumn breeze. But uh, I know Alex likes summer more than me, so I'm sure he's just soaking it all up.
0: Oh, I do (laughs) now. Now to be fair, I love spring. I love, I love fall. I especially love fall. I just hate winter. I hate it with every ounce of my body. (laughs) So Anytime it's sweltering like this, I'm like, it's not cold.
2: Fair (laughs) enough. I mean, different strokes for different folks. Every time you say I hate winter, you know what I think of? (laughs) I think of Mailman Harvey from Hey Arnold, where he's like singing his little song in that snow episode where he's like, I hate the snow. I hate the snow. I hate the sleet and I hate the rain. Boy, it's sure cold. I do hate the snow. And he like slips into like 15 feet of snow and like slips out trailing with some mail behind him and he just continues singing his <laughs> song as if nothing happened we should yeah. talk about that hey arnold heat episode at 1.2 for summer
1: it is the but- time of year for that for sure and yes i can relate to this episode of rocco as well because i live in new orleans and it is hot as hell right now like today it felt like 104 they said oh my
2: gosh wow. so ah.
1: i was like this is great 104
2: How are people not bursting in the flames outside when they go? I mean, I I can barely stay cool when I take my dog kneecap out for a walk. uh, And I'm just like hiding in the shade, like the shadows of the buildings on the way to the dog park as much as I can.
1: Yeah. I mean, I felt Rocco when he was all sweating with the buckets. I was like, that's me today. (laughs) Like literally today.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank goodness. We're a little bit more cooled off now as we're reviewing this. And that, uh, to, whoa, that was weird. (laughs) my (laughs) what what just happened there you are becoming one with you're becoming one with the review brett oh my gosh i'm using a new green screen so i didn't think it messed me up that much apparently my hands are green so it triggered something (laughs) (laughs) uh but uh let's get back into the the review shall we so within moments rocco packs his car with all the essentials for a fun day at the beach the only problem is what you'd expect traffic followed by no place to park With no open spaces to park in sight, Rocco ends up right back where he started in his driveway and just walks the distance to the shore. Cut to a close-up of Rocco's picturesque tropical getaway, only to be removed out of frame to reveal the unkempt, crowded space he has found himself to occupy. Rocco figures he's made it this far. He might as well shimmy, slink, and slip around all the people in order to claim his own plot of sand for the day. Once settled in a spot, Rocco grabs a pack of tano butter to slather himself up for a golden brown tan before Spunky eats it. And then (laughs) Rocco is interrupted by a nearby beachgoer, a rather large, scantily clad lavender hippo lady who needs assistance applying some tanning butter to her hard-to-reach places. (laughs) Considering Rocco has to climb climb up this woman to help her out, Rocco accidentally <laughs> s- slips from her head into her cleavage where he turns to face her, fri- feigning embarrassment. Immediately, the hippo lady angrily replies, How dare you! <laughs> and uh, sucking the wallaby right into her nostril and then shooting the marsupial like a snot rocket psh, across the ocean into a nearby cruise liner, effectively sinking it. Moments later, Rocco wades back to shore, where a Wilfred Brimley-esque walrus butts in to inform him that he has a buoy sitting at <laughs> the back of his pants. Rocco replies, "I think she likes me." What do you guys have to say about these scenes?
1: <laughs> I honestly love like the hippo scenes. Like that's some of my favorite in any episode that the hippo appears in. And I feel like when you just impersonated the, how dare you! It made me think of the, you know, the Stella shouting contest I don't know if you're familiar but in New Orleans there's people who like yell out Stella yeah
2: like streetcar from Desire (laughs) yeah the
1: street a streetcar named Desire and that took place in New Orleans so it reminded me of like we should all have like a how dare you contest I don't know why it reminded me of that but it did but and then spunky eating the butter like you can't have an episode without spunky eating something he's not supposed to that's like the standard spunky gag so I enjoyed that of course but yeah the hippo was where it was at like literally where was Rocco was at apparently
2: right yeah I mean that was I'm not gonna lie that's rather risque for a children's cartoon back then uh even now like even
0: now that's risque yeah
2: that's that's an immediate channel changer if your parents happen to walk in the room unless they Mm -hmm. it goes over their heads which most of the time it wouldn't (laughs) but uh it is a memorable moment for sure because when people think of that quote they think of this as being the first instance where the hippo said that
0: yeah going along that because uh I'm a part of several different Nickelodeon groups on Facebook, and there's about two, maybe three memes slash screenshots of Rocco that constantly recirculate. The how dare you is one of them. It's oh, constantly dear. shared. Um, but uh, I've, I'm a sucker for very, very irreverent humor, and uh, this is right up my alley. So I, I knew this one was coming, unfortunately, because again, I didn't remember this one. I I didn't remember anything about this episode because I just didn't, again, it didn't click. Well, no, I take that back. There is one thing that I really remember and that was uh, the sensor bar, but we'll get to that later.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
0: But uh, that's the only thing from this episode I really remembered uh, until I kept seeing that screenshot shared every few weeks. But uh, again, for relatability... My wife is very, very much the beach goer. She loves to go. I don't because I get
2: bored. Team pool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if I'm going to go somewhere, I want something to do. She is very much the, I want to go chill, relax, lay in the sun, stay on the sand and then get in the water and all that stuff. That's not my thing. And the whole introduction of him going to the beach I felt every bit of that—that that long traffic line, mm-hmm. having to back up to every full parking lot, to where you got to walk forever. And then, if you do are lucky enough to find one that's close enough, the price to park there is ridiculous. Uh, in reality, it's ridiculous. In uh, on Rocco, the closest one to park there was a thousand dollars, which gosh. I thought was hilarious. And then the next one closest was a hundred dollars. And the next one, they were just like, okay, don't even bother.
2: <laughs> yeah, as all the cars pile up and burst into flames. It's just that much of a mad dash to get to some sand and some surf. Who knew? Um, no, I'm not, I'm not going unless someone else is driving. I'm not dealing with parking. I'm not dealing with crowds. You know, if, if I have to go, it's going to be for like a family function or a large group. Otherwise, I'm parking my keister either right in front of the AC unit at home or straight in an inner tube in a pool somewhere.
0: And I love the physical gags, the the what you see. I, I loved everything because I loved how you saw the postcard. There is a shot where you see the just the postcard take the entire frame. Yep. And then and Rocco then revealed. Yeah. And Rocco was like, Oh, look, it's so great to be here. And then the postcard comes down and it is full of people. It's not tranquil. It's just full of busybodies. And he's got to walk over people to find a spot. Like, man, this is this reality exaggerated and i love everything about it there was one moment when i got a little i, I had flashbacks of of cringe
2: <laughs> oh boy
0: and it was with the hippo uh because i i know that some of the voice actors for a lot of nicktoons also have done other shows and a lot of other shows and charlie adler has done oh, I love him. a lot solid dude but there's this one voice that he does that i I don't like and cow and chicken. Oh no. <laughs> I don't like cow and chicken and I especially don't like cow and it's the voice. It it I just can't stand it. And when the hippo shows up and is asking to get the the butter, that's the same voice that Charlie does and I instantly went oh the cow. Oh please.
1: Excuse me, can sir. Would you mind buttering my back? Oh, it would be an honor to squirt for you. I never liked cow and chicken either. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't like that show.
2: How dare you! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is just not my day. Like, I, I, I we haven't touched. It's okay. It's okay. I don't take offense. I mean, everyone's agree to disagree i i also grew up on 90s cartoon network we touch upon it here and there on our podcast um like in the james bond episode top five birthday episodes whatnot um i also like cow and chicken because Rocco was a stepping stone to that and i just really like that weird quirky animation style i didn't really understand the red guy but i felt like after four seasons whatever just let him do his thing and get out of here um i was more a chicken fan than a cow fan she was kind of annoying at times uh the voice didn't bother me as much but it definitely i definitely have a connection to that because i got introduced to Rocco's modern life first and then watched it later in the late 90s when they had their whole cartoon cartoon phase where they were just firing on all cylinders with like powerpuff girls johnny bravo dexter's lab and etc everything else that was going on So moving right along, uh, we have a diagonal wipe to Rocco lounging under the umbrella with shades while Spunky licks him to get his attention. Rocco looks up to catch a glimpse at the flat-footed, one-eyed royal brand pelican, a legendary seabird who's incredibly graceful and wears an eye patch. Rocco narrates about this awe-inspiring pelican scooping up fish allegedly for its young, but in reality it's for the local fish market on the docks. Once the visual gag plays out, Rocco tosses Spunky a frisbee to fetch, one that lands right into a nearby pig's tuna sub, which Spunky gets caught in as well. As Rocco scurries to the pig, you can hear the sound of him regurgitating his lunch, spewing all over Rocco with Spunky and the Frisbee returned intact. Unfortunately, this stinky sight catches the attention of a flock of seagulls nearby and they peck and gnaw the two until there's nothing left but bite marks on the duo. So what do you guys think about these scenes?
1: More great visuals, you know, I liked the pelican at first, but I don't want to jump the gun. But once the pelican becomes more involved in the story, I was like, eh. But at first I liked him. I was like, okay, yeah. When we see him like getting the fish and he's like a pirate. Okay, cool. Whatever. But like, if you know, at first it's awesome. Then I'm like, eh, I could do without it. Just more visual gags would be fun that are unrelated.
2: Rocco is definitely known for its visual gags, but I like this little touch where it like builds a little bit of lore into like the O-Town shore. Uh, just so we get a better, more full sense of what it's like, other than like that nice panoramic view of the chaos that we saw before with the postcard reveal. Yeah, I don't have much to add on this
0: one. Uh, my my relatability is gone, uh, mostly because I I don't have a dog, uh, so I I I don't under I, I don't have any memories of playing frisbee with him or or taking him to the beach or anything like that. So this is all just pure visual feast. Uh, which the relatability wasn't there, but I still enjoyed it. But the one part that I did crack up at, and I genu- genuinely didn't uh, have a laugh out loud, was when all the, all the seagulls flew in because it was just a, a, a split second. Oh, can we please splat, splat, splat? Uh, how about some iodine?
2: Yeah, if there's one thing Rocco does well, it's comedic timing with the visual gags. It's just like very snappy in your face, and it really takes you by surprise, and that's that's what makes it funny. Um, So then, we fade out uh, to a scene where Rocco watches a group of beachgoers play some volleyball. Rocco seizes an opportunity to join where he retrieves their stray volleyball, but when he pops it due to his social anxiety, they quickly shun him away in unison. Rocco reaffirms how spunky is, his only true friend at the beach, and then proceeds to play fetch with a stick with his canine companion after noticing others doing the same. Unfortunately, Rocco's bad aim lands the stick into the ocean, causing Spunky to be engulfed by large purple fish. Rocco speeds to the rescue by bringing the fish to land, squeezing Spunky out, and then performing the Heimlich on the lovable dog. Rocco cries out with joy that Spunky's breathing again, and while the Hup-Hup beavers poke out of their emergency post to snatch the dead fish on a stretcher, and then promptly plop it onto a portable grill to cook.
1: Those beavers get me every time. I don't know why. The
2: and they always save the victim who doesn't need to be saved, whether it's like the fish, like a broken car or like just some random bush on the side of the road. It's like ridiculous. And I love how they're just a part of the Rocco universe where they randomly show, show up just like the, the trash rats from Popcorn Pandemonium and trash madness
1: I think they were also, the beavers, I mean, they were also in the episode, the A episode of this, I believe. The A part of this episode Mm -hmm. in Carnival Knowledge. Um, So I thought it was cool that they were in both parts of the episode.
2: Yeah, two for one deal, huh? (laughs) We then see Rocco digging for clams with a shovel impale in a shallow pool surrounded by tall, porous rocks, while Spunky watches alongside him. Spunky gets distracted, though, as something bubbles near the edge of the water. A crab jumps out to chase Spunky to nearby crab shack, where the crab gets frightened by the sight of it and retreats back into the ocean. Spunky masks his cowardly really escape by chasing after the crab with an aggressive face. Back at the water's edge, we see the flat-footed one-eyed royal brand pelican sailing high above near the afternoon sun, honing in on the latest catch. Spunky! The moment the pelican dives in to scoop up the pup, Rocco freaks out and chases after the dognapper, dropping his bucket of clams in the process. Upon pursuit of the pelican, Rocco trips and lands on the portable grill. From the previous scene and ends up plowing into a sign just outside the new beach. Rocco knows if he wants to reclaim his faithful furry companion, he must dare to venture where the beach guards no no clothes. Rocco then places his swim trunks onto his head while a sensor steps in with a sensor bar and feist- and the feisty wobbly dives into a flashy landscape. Landscape. The mighty pelican circles back to his previous destination, prompting Rocco to leap back out into the regular beach. It's just his luck to run right into the rear end of a familiar hippo from before. (laughs) Naturally, Rocco is emotionally distraught as his sensor bar falls right off, followed by the the enraged hippo lady to grab him, roll him up into a ball, and then spike him deep into the ground into the sand, where two bugs ask each other if they've heard a noise, with Rocco's head diving them in their underground dwelling. So that's a lot to take in. What do you guys feel about this uh, set of scenes?
1: I actually think this is my favorite segment of the like part of the episode i really like this segment the entire part works like from the the nude beach the censor which always made me laugh I'm even as a kid when i didn't even get it i was like what like, What? now yeah where it? do
2: you buy those <laughs> can yeah, you wear like, them out in public
1: <laughs> now i get it and i'm like this is even better than i remember and i just love also the volleyball part where she sees she uh he runs into the hippo again and that whole thing ensues and i just love it it's it's good it's
2: great i was gonna say i had flashbacks of uh rocco's happy sack where he also ran into her rear end there too like he's trying to get by her um to like get some stuff before the 90 percent sale was happening it, it was expiring and he just like like smushed right into her uh, left glute and i'm like oh my goodness this i, I feel like the hippo lady has to put a restraining order on Akko, rocco but it's not his intention to keep running into her like that literally it's bonkers
0: she keeps <laughs> butting into his business Um, (laughs) 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 no i i agree with kelsey this was my favorite uh, portion of the episode uh the the whole pelican taking uh spunky uh (laughs) that that made me laugh It, it i love how just it evolved into how can we make make this worse uh the the sensor bar oh man that that broke me Uh, that's the one thing that I remembered as a kid. Uh, didn't they do the sensor bar on on another episode as well? Uh, yes. Uh,
2: camera shy from season three, I believe.
0: And I did know what the sensor bar meant. Uh, I was old enough to know this and, uh, and I thought I was freaking out because my mom was in the living room with me, but she happened to be asleep. If, she was awake and saw the sensor bar moment then much like uh brett had said it would have been change the channel you're not allowed to watch this and which would be the first time that would have ever happened on nickelodeon uh because she do because that was that was it was a safe spot but if she saw that no more rocco but uh i and even though i wasn't really attached to the show i still wanted it on because it would be that or soap operas or news or whatever garbage else was on at the time because again 90s you didn't have any other 24 hour well uh, 18 16 12 hour network until nick at night came on so it was this or nothing and uh, i'd rather it be this and uh, but no i i loved the 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 spiking him into the ground and I had no memory of that. That made me crack up. Just mm-hmm. I, I loved how this escalated and just wanted to make Rocco as miserable as possible, it, even though he doesn't deserve it. It was, I can, again, the, back to some relatability because the, I, I was that socially awkward kid when I was the, the age I was watching this. Of uh, I I want to play. Can we play volleyball? Oh crap! Hey, I want to go do this, and then I ran myself into a really bad situation. Uh, when we're off air, I will share with you guys the situation because it was really funny. But uh, and we can put it as a bonus content. So we'll put cool. that in yeah, there.
2: Yeah, definitely make a extended gag reel or behind the scenes for Patreon off of this because this is a gold mine in my opinion.
0: But but just to keep this concise to the episode that's going out to all of you who are listening and watching right now to hear some really embarrassing stories, make sure to go check out our Patreon. But Definitely. this but yeah, this is absolutely one of my favorite parts of the ep- the favorite part of the episode for me.
1: Yeah, the pacing like to uh, you said it escalated it's just like the pacing is perfect it flows really well uh just Mm -hmm. very well executed in every way and a a small sidebar really quick i i think it's funny how you guys were like oh no i don't want my mom and stuff to see like my family i guess is twisted or something (laughs) because even if like i knew what the sensor bar meant my dad actually watched this stuff with me like the whole time he's a big animation fan he still watches animation today like he'll he watches uh all kinds of stuff i mean he he told me about um grizzly and the grizzly and the lemmings it's like this awesome new show but anyway he also watches like newer SpongeBob which I don't like but mm. he just loves animation but he would watch Run and Stimpy with me I mean come on that's insane so good I man just, <laughs> Yeah, cool dad.
2: <laughs> I mean, he
1: kind of introduced me to 90s Nick. I might not even be as big of a fan if it wasn't for him. So I just think it's funny how different households like would treat it differently. And that made our viewing either kind of like tentative, like, oh, no, don't wake up. Or like really just didn't care, like loose, you know, relaxing.
2: <laughs> I mean, my parents are against uh, any form of nudity shown on TV or implied nudity. But when it came to violence, I guess that was OK, because my dad, like, watched Tales from the Crypt and X-Files with me growing up. And he also actually introduced me to Are You Afraid of the Dark? So I have to give him credit for that, for like getting me into horror anthologies and that sort of thing. Um, but it's, yeah, it's interesting how like Ren and Stimpy doesn't fly with him yet. Something like Are You Afraid of the Dark does. And they also push the envelope on that show too in very various instances. It's just a different kind of envelope.
1: Yeah, definitely. I just think it's funny to compare like, you know, experiences and how we all grew up differently. It's so rich and just really awesome to examine that.
2: Totally. Uh, so moving, moving back into the plot, luckily, a nearby beachcombing bear with a radar detector digs him back up, uh, and once Rocco's head resurfaces, the bear runs away, stricken with terror. Rocco springs out of the sand to continue chasing the dog-napping pelican. By now, though, the hot summer sun has fatigued the wallaby to the point where he can no longer keep up. Saddened by his loss, Rocco wanders to the docks to lament his furry friend leaving his life. However... All is not lost. Rocco hears a familiar barking nearby and he runs to the source. Apparently Spunky is trapped in an ice cube at the local fish market on the docks and in order to get him back, he'll have to pay the merchant for his prized dogfish. The two share a tender moment and then Iris out and in to see Spunky back at the Rocco residence uh, cooling off next to a fan. And as you can tell, that's that's what's happening right now in my background. (laughs) Cooling off at home while Rocco is badly, badly sunburnt by the whole experience. Uh, So much so that there are flies on his belly cooking up burgers and serving them up. And it's just the perfect way to end the episode as he's like just taking in the whole experience. So that's Rocco's Modern Life sanding your navel. (laughs) A very jaunty episode packed with action for 11 minutes.
1: Yeah, there really wasn't much downtime with the episode. Like I said, with the pacing overall, I mean, in that one segment I was talking about, the pacing's really extra good, but overall it's pretty good, you know, in its entirety. But yeah, I love the end. I think the the beginning, the end, that little segment in between with the censor, like the, the nude beach, and the volleyball, all of that, like, really made this episode for me. Those were my favorite parts.
0: A lot of times on Splat Attack, when we do episode reviews, the ones that we've usually said are our favorites are ones that have a really, really strong emotional connection or story that is linked throughout and is written really well. It's not very often that we praise something that's just little vignettes at a certain setting. And I do like those episodes. Um on any kind of episode because after a while sometimes you do get bored with the big thematic stuff and it's like okay it's been a lot let's let's go back to something a little more silly a little more fun little uh uh, bite size and that was this episode uh it it was just rocco goes to the beach and what antics is he going to get into and i really enjoyed
2: that cool well while we're talking about it um let's let's get into our um splat attack rating uh, I, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, it's, it's not my favorite Rocco's Marn Life episode, but I still enjoy it for what it is, especially with the memorable moments with the hippo lady and a lot of the visual gags in general. Um, I wasn't totally sold on the plot with like Spunky being dognapped. I didn't care for the Pelican character as like a villain or a catalyst at all. Um, but just seeing Rocco deal with like all the craziness of the beach I definitely related to, like how how stressful it can comp- be to get there, and then even once you get there, it's still stressful like where does the relaxation come in? um so for that, I'm gonna give it a splash factory, which is a B on our rating system, and it is better than the spunky's dangerous day sand in your naval video game level that we played for episode twenty one <laughs> so I'm gonna give it that. I don't know what else I can mention about this. I think I just. I'm a Rocco snob. So I've I've seen I've seen Rocco's Modern Life obviously so many times because it's one of my major artistic influences. And I know there's more episodes that are like ranked top absolute top tier for me. I will never get sick of watching them. This one is, I would say, serviceable. It's fun to revisit. It's not too memorable or doesn't really give like a deep impression for me, but I do like it for like the how dare you quote. I like it for the boy, you have got a buoy in your pants moment with Walrus Brimley and I, I love seeing Spunky just be so happy to, like, get out of the house and, you know, join Rocco in these antics, especially with, like, the frisbee throwing and uh, just mm. getting frozen in a block of ice. That's like, that's that's just the epitome of what makes Rocco so fun. So, yeah, it's good. It's a good episode.
1: I was just gonna say, I'm actually on the same exact wavelength as you. I would give it a B or a Factory <laughs> ranking or rating. And I think I've got actually the same likes and dislikes as you. So I liked it a lot. I praised it a lot throughout our review here but like those things are still true it still had great pacing it was still fun to see all the beach shenanigans and all this and that and the funny visual gags and the censor like the hippo like that, that's some of my favorite stuff but i will say there are better episodes like sugar frosted frights to, to heck and back or the lounge singer those are some of my like all-time like god tier favorite Rocco episodes so uh i really like those a lot this one is not to that level but still like fun to put on during the summer if you want to be thematic, you're like, yeah, this is a fun time. This is a relaxing time. You don't have to think too much. You don't have to invest too much in terms of like, you know, uh, focusing hundred percent every time. If you want to just revisit this for like the 10th time, just throw it on in the background. It doesn't matter. So to me, it had some good elements, some great elements, even it just, you know, wasn't my absolute favorite, but still enjoyable, still watchable and rewatchable and worth, worth a go. If you haven't seen it,
2: excellent yeah i I definitely agree if you're there all valid points alex what about you something i think is really interesting
0: uh just as individuals if we're a big fan of something we're more critical of it than somebody who is not as diehard of a fan as the person who's a huge fan uh james bond movies I love all of them, but I'm very critical. And then I meet somebody who's not as big of a fan, but they watch the same movie that I did and they're, Oh, I had a good time. And that's kind of where I sit. Uh, I think I've got a bit of an advantage um, because I don't remember this episode, at least until I watched it. And I don't remember any of the other episodes either. Uh, so this was like watching it for the first time. And I don't know, what's better i don't know what's worse all i have is this one episode and what i was expecting from it was little vignettes fun pacing uh lightning fast pacing cuz i knew it was uh, known for its visual cues great animation and i don't want to get bored and i wasn't bored uh i really enjoyed this episode i enjoyed it all the way through i had one little bit in the middle that just wasn't relatable to me but I know that there's a lot of people who have pets and have dogs. And I know if, if the rest of this is on par with what my experience is going to the beach and being in the heat, then I know that's got to be on par with somebody who's had uh, who has dogs. So just because it wasn't relatable to me, it's still solid. And I really, really liked it. It wasn't anything that went above and beyond. But it met every single one of my expectations for what makes a Rocco episode a good episode, at least what i would want it to be so i give it an a i give it a splat a
2: very respectable and we're pretty much all within the same realm too of like our likes and dislikes with it mm-hmm. so overall solid episode i'm surprised oh, yeah. but uh yeah check it out it's one of the better season one episodes if you have the dvd if you have streaming services give it a watch you know, it might get you in the mood for summer or remind you, hey, I don't want to go to the beach and deal with that.
1: <laughs> Let's hope we don't have to encounter that type of stuff at the beach. I don't want to run what into you... a hippo and then I was get just lost in say her boobs. <laughs> like, no thanks. Yeah,
2: yeah, no hippo boobs for us today. <laughs> no. Uh, hip, cool. hip, 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 hippo boobamus. I think we have to put an explicit rating on this episode now. You've got to put a censor bar on it. Yeah.
1: We have to censor it, Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, with that being said, <laughs> let's, yeah. uh, let's get into our one of our favorite segments of this podcast, Think Fast to Make the Grade. Roll the jingle. Time to think fast to make the grade. All right. So for Think Fast to Make the Grade. Usually how it goes is I answer, uh, I, blah, blah. I answer <laughs> Not, the
0: questions and then you gave me the question.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I, I give people the questions and they answer it and we play for fun and see who rack, racks up the most points. So it's Alex versus Kelsey in this heated match uh, based on Rocco trivia from this episode. And how it works is we have five questions this time around uh, and each of them will get successfully more in points and in difficulty as well so the first two will be one point the second two will be two points and the fifth one will be three points so if you want to put your hand on your buzzer or say or like do something visual to like signal that you buzzed in first because i still haven't figured out how to hook up buzzers to you know our equipment setup (laughs) by all means do what it takes to ring in
1: ding ding that's what i'll do i'll, there you I'll go. wave the octopus, <laughs> octopus. The octopus ten- tentacle
2: <laughs> what about you alex do you have an octopus tentacle or or dog tail to wave <laughs> i'll just
0: grab the cat and throw it at the camera <laughs> no i'll just buzz
2: okay fair enough all right let's begin question one which o-town side character makes their debut in this episode ding kelsey
1: i think it's the hippo Is
2: do you it? happen to know her name
1: oh my god i don't know her name can you beat me, Alex? Do you know her name?
2: <laughs> Brenda. I'll I'll give it to you because it's it doesn't show up until like the episode called uh, Dumbbells in like season three or four of Rocco, where she actually has a focus uh, in that episode. But her name is Gladys, Gladys the Hippo Lady. So I'll oh, give yes, that to you. Gladys. Yeah, very fitting name. <laughs>
1: I should I should know
2: this. It's okay. You can catch up in the, the next questions. Question two for one point. True or false? This is the first time we see Rocco wearing a bathing suit. Z- Alex.
0: taking it a while because I haven't seen the rest.
2: True. That is correct. Hey! We got one point, Alex, one point, Kelsey. Anyone's game so far? Question three. This one's for two points, so it gets a little bit harder now. How many parking lots did Rocco drive to before walking to the beach, and which one was the most expensive? Z-
0: Alex. Uh, he went past five. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them, I think, said beach parking or, or something to that, ex- that extent. But one of them, the first one, uh, was $1,000 to get to. The second one said the same name, but it was $100. And and the other one was like five blocks or something really close.
2: Yeah, I mean, you that is correct. You, you answered it more than proficiently. It, it's basically just... <laughs> Five lots, and the first one costs $1,000 because it's luxurious. (laughs) I
1: watched this episode twice in the last two days, and I didn't remember that.
2: (laughs) Okay. Here's a bonus uh, question that I'm going to throw in to see if anyone can get it. Uh, It's not on here, so keep track. Go ahead, Kelsey. Um, So the bonus question is, what did the last parking lot sign say, and how much did it cost?
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) i'll
2: I'll give you a hint it was right next to rocco's house so Mm -hmm. that's part of the name on the sign rocco's house i don't
0: know no that was um can i guess yeah it was it was big ed's parking lot or something to that effect but it was big ed's i think it was at the cost i don't remember three dollars of free a dollar i forgot what it was
2: well, you lost on prices, right? That's that much is for sure. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah. Uh,
0: but I do remember it was, it was uh, big ads.
2: Yeah, it was big ads, and it cost a dollar. And oh. he's like, and it, and it has the tagline underneath, What beach? As yeah, what beach? Back his yeah, house. yeah, but that's, I remember the that's what I remembered. He could just save money if he walked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's okay, you can still catch up. Uh, question four for two points What does the shark drink when he's playing fetch with his dog?
1: Yeah. Ding. Kelsey. Diet chum.
2: You got it. And, and I, making, I like
1: sharks. So I love sharks. I was like, <laughs> what is he drinking? So.
2: There you go. And to be yeah. more specific, it's called just for the scent of it. Diet chum.
1: Oh, well. but I'll, I'll take diet scent. chum. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I need so to that, catch up here. So.
2: Yeah. I, I, I'm helping you. Don't worry. <laughs> Bonus point. What does his dog retrieve for the owner? Uh, Alex
0: it was a leg
2: what kind of leg
0: a blue leg with the bones sticking out I okay don't know whose close leg enough it i'll was. give it
2: to you i was gonna say a nod off human leg because it definitely oh, looked yeah. Like it was chewed. yeah
0: yeah okay it was, it was a definitely foot and toes on there oh yeah yeah <laughs> all right so for the final i was at four which now i'm at five kelsey was at one she just got two so it's five to three
2: okay so, I mean, this could tie up the game if we want, and we'll go into a tiebreaker. Uh, so question five for three points. What temperature label does the thermometer rise to in Rocco's house at the beginning of the episode? And how many temperature levels are marked on the thermometer?
1: I remember like two of them, but like hot, hottest. I don't remember the rest.
2: Do your best. Do you remember what, do you remember what, the, uh, what the temperature was? i'll I'll accept the top one and then just say how many notches there were
1: i'm gonna lose i'm fine (laughs) i'm fine with losing (laughs) well that's no Uh, well i mean i don't know the answer yes
0: i i do know what the what the top temperature was but kelsey why don't you take a wild guess as to how many were on there because i i don't know that either
1: i would say six
0: i would say ten Okay, and I do. You want to take a guess as to what the top temperature was?
1: Got it. and I, I like I made a note of it when I was watching today. Like in my head, I was like, "Oh, that's that's funny that it says that," and I don't remember, so I can't even remember. I said uh, something it, about I can't even recall.
2: It, it was uh, please evacuate the premises.
1: Yes, that's <laughs> what it was.
2: <laughs> that is correct, and uh, but the temperature lines is incorrect, so you only get one and a half points for that, Alex. It it's is uh, 12 different temperature levels, believe me. 12. Wow, way one more than I thought. That thermo- thermometer when they showed Yeah, me. Yeah.
1: I'm not the best with visual memory, but Alex, you own it, visual memory. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, at least better than me, which is good. Good job, Alex. Yeah. You won
2: Think Fast and Make the Grade this round. Woo.
1: Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Well done. Well done. Well mm-hmm. done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, especially since uh, you're relatively fresh to the Rocco scene. That's quite impressive. It is. Yeah. All all right. Right. I just, I
1: hate, I hate contests. <laughs> I was like, I, oh, man. I'll just do my best.
2: <laughs> you should have told me before I asked you to be on the show. I would have picked a this or that uh, segment instead. No,
1: I, I still had fun. So. <laughs> okay. That's all
2: It's that all happens. in good fun.
0: It's exactly. all in good fun.
2: Yeah. But before we go and wrap up this episode review, we actually have a Mona's mailbag letter to read. Uh, so let's, let's get Mona to the docks as we uh, share this letter with our Slimesters and gackoids. Mailbag! So here's a letter that got stuck in the cracks of Mona's mailboat from Travis Kemp. Travis writes, Dear Brett and Alex, I hope I have the right address. I mentioned before on social media, I first discovered your podcast a few days ago uh, from the Sunday of May 27th. Since I grew up watching Nickelodeon, I was nothing short of intrigued about your podcast. So, last night, I thought I would check it out. The episode I watched was the Double Dare episode featuring your interview with Mark Summers and Robin Russo. That was really fun. I'm sure glad I found your show. Double Dare was one of my favorite Nickelodeon shows when I was a kid. In fact, I remember owning some Double Dare merchandise, including the home game, a couple of their VHS's, please see attached photo, and their computer game, that kind of thing. Also, the Christmas before last, I got a pair of Double Dare socks, I think it's from the Nick box he referred to, uh, which I wear on occasion. What were some of my messiest moments from Double Dare? Well, you can't go wrong with the obstacle course, I remember wanting to be a Double Dare contestant. The obstacle course just looks so much fun. I mean, where else could you literally slide into a giant hot fudge sundae one second and then pick a giant nose the next? (laughs) Thanks for your time. Take care, Travis. Thank you so much, Travis. We appreciate your letter. And just to share this on the screen for our Slimesters and Gackoids, I am going to pull up uh, the image that you sent of your VHS tapes so that everyone can see What kind of cool Double Dare relics were around back then? There it is. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he's got a super sloppiest moments, uh, Double Dare VHS tape, and the inside scoop, which I think... No, it's not the Sunday slide. It's just some kid getting covered with uh, slime. But they're both really cool. I didn't know they had Double Dare VHS tapes like that.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that either.
2: Yeah, well before they started doing the uh, orange cassette tapes. Right, yeah. Or not cassette,
0: but VHS tapes.
2: Right, the iconic orange, yeah. Well, that was cool, Travis. Thanks so much for sharing this and uh, getting into our podcast through the Double Dare episode. And if any of you haven't seen that yet, go check out episode 18, Sloppiest Double Dare Moments, where we have a very exciting conversation with uh, Mark Robin and also our guest, Jasmine.
0: Yes. And I, re- I know the night that Travis sent that email because that was a very late night for us because that was the night we were interviewing Christian. Oh, yes. And... Uh, and uh, <laughs> I really just want to take the opportunity to say thank you to all of our listeners. Um, we we have some who would comment once or twice and then that's about it. Uh, especially on some of our earlier ones where they're, this is like, you have under a thousand views on this and you're reviewing Sardot, that's criminal. And then that's about it. We have about four or five who are constantly commenting or sending us emails And it's, it's awesome. I mean, Brett, and I really appreciate the the uh, how much we're connecting with all of you. So thank you to all of you who are commenting and giving us feedback. Um, We've had somebody just this past week, uh, pitch us out an idea. So please keep those ideas coming. We want to hear what we want to know more about what it is you guys would like to see and hear about.
2: Definitely. I mean, not only do we love covering 90s Nickelodeon history, but we love connecting with our Slimesters and Gacoids out there who mm-hmm. resonate with what we're doing and how we're presenting it. And it's even more exciting and fun that we see people coming back for more and not just having a one-and-done affair. So thank you so much for everyone who's written into Mona's mailbag during Season 2 so far because, you know, we started that segment on a whim uh, during our Sardo episode, and because we enjoyed it so much, we just kept kept rolling it and we kept getting letters. So, um, you know, sometimes when we test things out to, you know, provide some variety to our podcast, it works like in that case. So uh, keep keep the letters rolling in, guys. We have plenty more to share in future episodes.
0: And if you have an idea that's not Nickelodeon related, it's fine. Share it. I mean, Nickelodeon is our main focus, but we branch out from things that aren't Nickelodeon related on occasion. So as long as it's 90s, Feel free to share it. We'll we'll see if we can work it in somehow.
2: Definitely, yeah. I mean, we already have season three pretty pretty locked in for. Oh um, yeah, season small, gonna be awesome. It, it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna talk more about that in our season two overview. For so, definitely check out that episode uh, end of July, early August, as we kick things off and transition to like a whole new Splat Attack rebranding. But we we've already covered um, James Bond as like a off nineties topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, were there any others that we did so far? Uh, we did Power Rangers. Yeah, Yeah. we did Power Rangers. I got
1: that. I want to watch that one so bad. I'm going to wait for like a bike ride where I do like a longer bike ride so I could like listen in like long chunks. Make sure you get both
2: parts because most people see the first one. They're like, ah, I can't stand that much Power Rangers in one go. But please watch it all the way through. It's worth it. I mean, if you have a weekend where you have nothing better to do and you're just doing some housework, (laughs) put it on in the background.
1: Trust me. I love Power Rangers.
2: Awesome. So oh, nice. Yeah. nice. Awesome. We I might really have like to have you on. Yeah, we, we might have to have you on when we do a Power Rangers episode review in the future or even rank uh, season two with Lord Zed's monsters.
1: That would be fun for sure. Definitely.
2: And
0: we, and we did a, a Christmas special episode, yeah. which wasn't all Nickelodeon. Uh, we had right. we had to branch that out because we had so many guests. And we also did a, a Halloween commercials episode. So, And the Sam reacts that we have... Most of those aren't Nickelodeon. they're They're all just 90s commercials. So we do branch out from Nickelodeon on occasion, but that's our big focus
2: for right. now. Yeah, we we keep things interesting and appealing as much as possible so that you're not like, oh, this show again Ugh. But um you know we're we're just here for you guys. We love to do topics that both we're passionate about and you want to hear so. Let us know how we're doing, however you can. We're just trying to grow the grow the podcast as much as we can because we're under a year old still. We have a long way to go. Yeah, we do. Brett,
0: what is our closing question for this episode?
2: Yes, thank you for helping us bring it home, Alex. Uh, after, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanna post all you slimesters and gackoids who love responding to our questions at the end of the episode. Um, which episodes of 90s Nick help you beat the heat most during summer? You can let us know, you know, either by DMing us on Instagram or writing to us at splatattack2021 at gmail.com or even just leaving a YouTube comment. Really, wherever you post your answer, we'll we'll snag it up and uh, share it in Mona's mailbag segment in the future. So as long as we see that engagement, we're doing good. Um, Also, if you are listening to this on a podcast platform, be sure to rate and review us because that definitely helps us get found as well. I know a lot of the big guns in the 90s, Nostalgia Fear, continue to like exponentially be growing and we're just kind of in their shadow. Like, Hey, we're doing this thing over here. Please help us. So, you know, if you're, if you're someone who's like along for the ride with us, definitely do your part, Write Like a two second review, like, Hey, I love these guys, check them out. And then, uh, you know, add some five stars or whatever stars you want. Just give us an honest review and help us grow. That's it. (laughs) After a string of beach oriented episodes, I think we're ready to finally head back inside to cool off. We've had a great time soaking up the sun, uh, sand and surf while Rocco endured all that crazy hijinks. But tune in next time as we revisit Nickelodeon Studios to dig up a coveted time capsule for episode 26, Remembering Forgotten Nick Game Shows. It'll be an interesting trip as the shows we pluck from the bunch are rarely talked about. And we'll have not one, not two, but three special guests who will fill in for us on why these shows are worth remembering in the timeline of Nickelodeon history in all their glory. This is something you're not going to want to miss even if you have no idea what these shows are i mean we we reached out to these guys a couple of months ago and you know even even though they're like what's this about you know i think they're they're on board with us so we'll have a fun time recapping these three uh nick game shows that we handpicked for y'all as uh the final episode of season two before our review overview yeah it's going to be a good one so definitely stick around
0: and speaking of sticking around Thank you, Kelsey, for sticking around and being with us for this episode. It's been an honor and a blessing to have you. If people want to follow you, support you, where do they need to go?
1: Well, kind of, uh, I love 90s Nickelodeon and I have a YouTube channel where sometimes I talk 90s, but I do mostly talk books. So you Mm -hmm. can, if you like books, especially vintage books, like vintage 80s books and 90s books, which includes horror and just nostalgic books in general, like I've got like a Home Alone 2 novelization I just showed on my channel, for instance. So very 90s centric. And I actually have a whole episode about 90s Nickelodeon that I did like two years ago, but I'm at Slime and Slashers and the and is spelled out A-N-D. So slime and slashers, because I cover everything from Nickelodeon slime to horror movie slashers, but everything in between as well. So that's where the name comes from. So if you guys (laughs) like that type of stuff, just find me on YouTube. I'm always creating content every week. Like I said, if you don't like horror books, there's still other stuff that I do every now and then. And I'm just so honored to have been on this Episode with you guys. Thank you so much for asking me on because I just love geeking out over 90s Nickelodeon. I don't know too many other people who will geek out with me. So thank you guys so very (laughs) much.
2: Oh, you're very welcome, Cassie. Yes. It's it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on here and just getting to know you through our podcast and the work that you do as well. I really wish I had more time to read, but you're doing a phenomenal job of job on YouTube. And I wish you all the best with continuing to grow your channel.
1: Thank you. I wish you guys the best too. And I've got to actually Write a review. It, sometimes people forget to write reviews, but they are important. So I'm going to take your <laughs> That's advice. That's why we're
2: mentioning it today. Yes, <laughs> it's a
1: good mention because it is important as a content creator, like on YouTube specifically. If you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure to leave a like. Make sure to leave a comment, comment. on this video. It's very important. It helps subscribe. with the analytics. Yes, yep. subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Same thing, though, with, you know, on podcasting platforms, make sure you review because that does help. And I will do my part and I will review because I should have before. So I'm so sorry. It's Hey, I reminded Andrew.
2: you today. All right. You did. And, and I reminded I hope... all of our slimesters and gackoids too.
1: Yes, and I hope they take your advice and and remember. Please, guys, that would really help. And, and thank you all so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. But yes, without further ado, Alex, will you drain the slime tank for us, please? Uh, I think my sunburn is making it a bit hard to reach the lever.
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> co captain. Don't forget to put
2: on some aloe.
1: Well, this has been a
2: whoo!
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go and dip back into the ocean with my squid.
2: So, Sounds see good. Y'all. I'm al- I'm almost reaching the lever. Ouch! Sunburn Day is a very dangerous day. <laughs> Splat you later, everybody. See you next episode. Bye, guys. Reprise the theme song and roll the credits.
1: Hard to believe, folks, but it's time to say goodbye.
0: Nighty
2: night. Hey, check us out next time for more adventure and another great legend of The Hidden Temple. What
0: do we do till then?
1: Chill for a couple. We'll be back. You're on Nick. And it was time for the superhero to move on. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed.
0: Oh, bye-bye. I think he likes me. Boy, you've got a buoy in your pants. Small kangaroos, or wallabies, are known to live on their own. Their natural habitat is the scrub or dense thicket. Observe this rare Rocco specimen in his Nickelodeon environment every Sunday in Rocco's Modern Life at 1130, 1030 Central, only on Nickelodeon.